I did actually feel her head. And when I did feel her head, it was like, you know, I had like a power boost. You know, when you're playing video games and you have like, <laughs> you get like extra lives or whatever. That's kind of what it felt like. I was like, okay, now, now we're close. I welcome you to a new episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Åsa Holstein. My aim is that the stories in this podcast will help you to tap into the superpower that resides in all of us and draw strength from that during your upcoming birth. In this episode, I will talk to Essie about when she gave birth to her daughter, Aluna. Essie will let us in on her thoughts on why she chose to give birth at home, a choice that is off the beaten path, at least here in Sweden. This is a beautiful story about staying clear on who you are and what needs you have. This is a podcast with women for women. Essie, welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Thank you. Super excited to have you here. Yeah, and I'm so excited to be here and really honored uh, because uh, I listened to this podcast when I was pregnant. So uh, yeah, it feels great to be here. You're going to share the birth story of uh, when you gave birth to your daughter, Alona. Yeah, exactly. And it was a really positive uh, experience, a positive home birth. Did you always know that you wanted to give birth at home? Well, yeah, pretty much because um, for several reasons. Um, I've always had kind of a, you know, well, not a phobia really, but an issue with hospitals. And I always felt like, oh, that's not or not, that's not like the perfect environment for me to, um, you know, to be in. Uh, and then, you know, when I heard about home births, I felt like, okay, this is perfect because uh, it's a different setting and it just, it was, yeah, it felt like the right thing for me. So I kind of knew uh, a long time before I got pregnant that that was something that I wanted to do. Mm, cool. Because I know from talking to other women that you really need to stand your ground, especially if it is your first child that you decide to give birth to at home. Was yeah. that the case for you too? Yeah, definitely. Because I, I kind of, I knew uh, that when I tell people that it's, you know, I'm gonna get reactions. I kind of knew that beforehand, um, and most of it actually when I did tell uh, tell people I wanted to give birth at home, um, maybe eighty percent was positive or kind of like, oh, okay, that's your choice. That sounds great. You know, whatever, whatever's good for you. But then also I. I had, you know, there were some negative uh, comments and not from, you know, people trying to be mean uh, on purpose, but from, you know, concern uh, because and especially I'm born and raised in Finland and uh, in Finland, I think I was looking at the statistics. It's like, I don't know, 2% or a, a super small number. It's very uncommon to give birth uh, at home in Finland because yeah, the, the norm is to give birth at, an hosp- at a hospital. Uh, so especially in Finland, I think people were really like, you know, kind of surprised and concerned. And uh, I got a lot of questions about, you know, are, are you sure it's safe? And why, why would you want to do that? And what, what, what happens if you have complications and all these, all these things? So when I decided um, and I talked it through with my partner, uh, when we decided to have a home birth, I kind of felt like, okay, I have to do the research before I tell anyone else so that I have the arguments and that I have like, you know, that I'm sure that I want to do this so that I don't kind of get cold feet and back off. And so that's what I did. And 
yeah, and having all the knowledge and research, that kind of gave me confidence. Uh, but yeah, it's it, of course, it's tough. It's not nice to hear when you're pregnant with your first child that people kind of question your choices already. But I think it's a good thing, you know, it's a, a part of motherhood, I think. <laughs> it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Because everybody has an opinion uh, on, you know, these it's, things. Uh, as soon as you get pregnant, uh, it's obviously free for everyone to let you know their opinion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing people yeah. want to share. And I think it's like a bonding thing as well uh, for us women that, you know, because being pregnant is such a huge thing. Uh, it's a big, you know, life changing event. So when somebody steps into the club, you know, you kind of want to share and you want to bond uh, and and I understand that if if you don't have the knowledge and if you if you don't know that you would have concerns um, about home birth, but that's what I think is kind of changing now because it's it's also more and more, you know, you hear about home births a lot more. The situation is going to change. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah. And uh, as a midwife, I want every woman to have the right to choose how to give birth. Exactly. And if you have a low-risk pregnancy and if you're healthy, it's yeah. you know, all the statistics show that it's perfectly safe to give birth at home exactly. if you have a midwife attending your birth. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, you know, we're also different in so many ways. Um, so I think like this standardized idea of every person doing exactly the same thing is just so silly. Uh, it's normal, I think, that everybody... You know, we have our different preferences. And my preference was to be at home because I didn't want to risk, you know, going to a hospital um, and, and being stressed out. And maybe, you know, there's a shortage of uh, midwives or some kind of stressful situation or even like the car ride to the hospital. There were a lot of things that I felt like, OK, these knowing who I am as a person, these are pot potential stress factors. And I just I didn't want to have any stress uh, in this, like in that situation. So that's why I chose a home birth. And yeah, I'm really, really happy I did. Mm. To me, it sounds like you're a very brave person because you dared with your first child to take the off-beaten path. Yeah. <laughs> Would well, you describe yourself as a brave person? Well, maybe, yeah, or kind of determined uh, at least. But what I also found out when I did the research, uh, because I... I that's also how I am as a person, you know, I, I want to make informed decisions. So um, when I did the research, research, I kind of realized that, I mean, sure, it's brave in the sense that you are doing something that's not the norm. Uh, but actually, you know, thinking of like, because I think a lot of people associate home birds with risks, and negative things and they see the problems and oh what if your midwife doesn't make it there in time and you know they kind of see that you know there are a lot of potential issues but when you do the research and you talk with the midwife and your doula or whatever and you, and you kind of have this preparation you realize it's not actually it's not it's not risky you know what is risky is is getting really stressed out um being in an environment where you're not comfortable where you're scared all those things kind of scientifically are shown to, to um, you know, have a negative impact on the birth experience. Those things are the ones or, or are the things that may potentially lead to uh, interventions that are unnecessary and stuff like that. So, so I kind of felt really confident um, early on that a home birth can be, you know, just as good or even safer and better 
than a, a hospital birth where you're not really in control. Uh, and especially if you're a person like I am, uh, that, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I'm kind of, I take in a lot of, you know, I, I can't just block out. So if somebody's standing next to me being stressed out or whatever, I'm going to, you know, I'm like a sponge. Mm. So I felt like there are so many risk factors for me. Mm. Um, so that's why I felt like it was the, the natural choice. So I didn't feel in that sense that I was being brave um, because I felt like, you know, it's just as safe. Uh, but I felt like, yeah, of course, this is a step away from uh, the normal path or the norm. And that's going to, you know, it's, I'm going to have to explain myself and really be brave in the sense that I stand my ground. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So how did you prepare? Because preparing for home birth also includes preparing for birth without any drugs. Exactly. And that's kind of also one of the upsides for me because I I, I felt like, Or I kind of knew from the beginning I didn't want any any drugs. And I knew that if you're in a hospital and they're available, that it's very, of course, because you're in pain uh, during labor. So obviously, you know, there comes a point when you're willing to do anything to just make it stop. Uh, so I felt like, okay, well, that's perfect. And I don't even have the option <laughs> at home. But yeah, what I did to prepare, basically, I, I did... In the very beginning, I did a lot of research. So I, I um, listened to... Uh, birth stories and positive birth stories only. So I didn't even, you know, if if I saw something on YouTube or a podcast or whatever that was even a hint of like uh, complications or, or some, something that was negative, I didn't listen to it because I felt like the stories that I hear, I want, I, I only want to, you know, during this point, I want to hear the positive uh, stories. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of research. I There are some really interesting studies uh, that have been, made about home birth so I kind of tried to read about that I had some really good conversations with my midwife and my doula um, I did um, there's this I don't know if you're familiar with the positive birth company um, I, I did um, a course uh, that they have and they're really you know they explain kind of from beginning to end uh, labor how it works Uh, you know, the physiological things happening in the body, what's important to think about, the partner's role. So all of that, I think, was like really good information and really important inf information to prepare with. Uh, so that I actually did quite early on um, because I felt like, you know, I, I wanted to be prepared for everything. And I also felt like mentally I have to be, what I want is a home birth, but also I have to be open for, you know, life, is what it is and it might be something else my home birth might not be uh, even though I've, I've listened to all these positive wonderful stories maybe mine is not going to be one of them uh, but if it's not I still want to be able to make informed decisions I still want to be able to kind of know what's going on I don't want to be you know kind of give up all control to to somebody else to get, let somebody else make decisions about my body for me So those kind of things um, were like some important uh, preparations that I did um, early on. Like, yeah, a lot of knowledge. I think you kind of have, when, you, when you're preparing for a home birth, I think you take um, those things a bit more seriously. I don't know, maybe it's just my, uh, what I think, but because but you know that you're kind of, you, you're not going to have like the hospital staff 
doing things for you. Uh, no, you're more on your own, you're, even though you have your, own. Yeah. your home birth midwife and your doula and your partner. It's it's yeah. it's you. You cannot rely on on the drugs. Yeah, I think exactly. that's what it's and, about too. Yeah, and and uh, and also I think when we're in a room with people who we see as experts, we kind of give give away our power easily to the experts, obviously because you know, this doctor, they, they've been doing this for 20, 20 years, maybe they know what they're doing. So, you know, I don't need to know. But I think that's kind of like a fundamental flaw uh, when it comes to childbirth, because even though the doctor and the midwife, you guys are the professionals, you're there to deliver the child safely, and you have your knowledge. But I need to, as you know, the woman giving birth, I need to know what's going on in my body. And I need to know, you know, what I need in this situation to remain calm and and to kind of give myself the best, you know, situation. You are the expert on your body. Exactly. And I think that's, well, just what I'm guessing, but I think that's something that might be, um, give, you know, give, make problems down the road if you're not listening to your body, if you're not relying on yourself as the foremost, the first and foremost expert in the situation. So that's also something that I kind of, I felt like it was super important for me to figure out, like, what do I want? Uh, I, I needed to talk to my partner. In what ways can he support me uh, during the different stages? Uh, do I want supporting, you know, kind of words? Do I want him to bring me drinks? Do I want, like, all these things. And, you know, there's so much, you know, planning and preparation. But I think all of that stuff really made me, it gave me a really clear vision Uh, and a picture of what I wanted. Uh, and I think that was kind of the key to having a good experience for me. Mm. And also from what it sounds like when you're talking about it, that you brought the whole of you into the preparation. Yeah. <laughs> like your stubbornness and, yeah. and how you react in situations that could be hospital-like. Yeah. So I think that's also so important when we prepare for labor and birth, that we really um, pay attention to what kind of people we are, how we function. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I think you and can, how we would like to function. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's something that you can definitely have, you know, no matter where you give birth, uh, hospital, home, whatever. You can always, you know, but but I think if you're preparing for a home birth, it's more natural to kind of feel like, okay, I need to figure this stuff out because, you know, it's going to be... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I thought, I, I think for me, that was like really one of the the you know, the best things that I did. And I did this from the very beginning. Uh, I don't know, I was maybe like 20 weeks or something when I started mm. kind of planning. And I, I also did, um, I had this, um, uh, my boyfriend, he bought me this book where you kind of fill in like for every week. And on the very back of the book, uh, I think in March, I gave birth in the 3rd of July, uh, 2021, so this year. And in March already, I wrote kind of, you know, my dream birth mm. what it looks like mm. uh, and I you really visualized your birth yeah you I did because I had emotions. such yeah I had such mm. a clear vision of mm. what I wanted because you know I did all the research and I I had all the knowledge about like what the body needs and and the settings and what you can do and and you know what what kind of you know the mental aspects how important they are so I wrote down everything that I wanted I wanted the birth to be you know, um, and I wrote some like super specific stuff. I wanted it to be between six and eight hours of active labor. Uh, I wanted to give birth in the bathtub at home. 
Uh, I wanted my midwife to come not too early, uh, but also like not late so that I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm panicking. So I wanted her to kind of come in the, in the perfect uh, time for me. And all these things that I wrote down then actually ended up happening. So my birth was actually, I think, six and a half hours or seven hours or something like that, active labor. And I did give birth uh, in the b- uh, bathtub. Uh, and my midwife did come, you know, at exactly the right time. And my doula arrived first and she was such a good support. And, you know, all these things that I visualized for so many months that I started. And, you know, I think maybe my partner, he was like, oh, wow, you're really like, <laughs> you know, because I was so into the, you know, preparations and everything. And he was like, okay, maybe it's a bit much, like maybe you could relax a little bit. But I'm so happy that I didn't because visualizing and talking about it and, and like picturing my dream scenario over and over again so early on, I think that's kind of, it helped me to make it into a reality. And it was so cool. When I read it afterwards, I was like, holy crap. You wrote, you wrote down the outlines to yeah. the birth. <laughs> so what I wrote down actually happened. The only thing that didn't happen, I wanted, because I, I also knew with a home birth, if you go over time, um, you know, the people at the, um, what's it called? The, the midwife that you see for your checkups is maybe going to start stressing you about induced labor. And maybe that they're going to be like, oh, you should maybe go check up to the hospital and, you know, maybe we have to induce you and stuff like that. And I didn't want to be induced. I felt like I'll do anything I can not to be in that situation. If you need help to find your own path, let us do it together. I am now offering online one-to-one coaching sessions where we together will explore what it is that you need to be able to claim a positive experience. To read more about what I offer, go to the positive In my little book, I wrote I wanted to give birth uh, earlier than uh, I was uh, on my due date. But I ended up uh, giving birth almost two weeks later. Uh, but that's also funny because that was one of my biggest stress factors to kind of, you know, because I was unsure of like, how am I going to stand my ground when these medical professionals recommend me to do something and mm. I know I want to do something differently. So I felt like maybe the universe kind of threw me a, a, a challenge just to get me to kind of face my fears and, and to stand up for myself. Uh, and I, I remember being so nervous going I'm to the middle. bumps now. <laughs> yeah, it was so amazing. I, I'm pretty sure you got the challenge. <laughs> yeah, but I'm so, you know, now in retrospect, definitely, because I remember going to the midwife, I was like 11 or 12 days and she was like, oh, so have you booked your time now at the hospital to get induced and have, have you done this and this? And I, and I told her like calmly and, and, and kindly, no, I haven't. And I'll get there when I get there. I wait a few more days. I still have my midwife and we're planning to do a home birth. If I can't have one, then I'll call the hospital because I had this game plan with my midwife. And I, and I told her, like, I have a game plan. Everything is ready. We're prepared. You know, whatever happens, happens. And of course, this is not something that she was used to hearing. So she was a bit like, oh, and it was not also, it was somebody else that I've met during my pregnancy. So it was a new person who didn't, he didn't know me at all. Uh, so that was kind of my, my worst scenario. I didn't want to be questioned, but I was questioned and it was fine. I lived through it. It was okay. And then uh, the last day for me to give birth was um, a Sunday, uh, 4th of July, my brother's birthday. 
and I gave birth on the 3rd of July. So or the la when I say the last day, I mean the last day with my midwife, because if I had if it if I had gone into labor even a day later, uh, then her insurance wouldn't have covered. Uh, so I would have, uh, you know, had had a hospital birth and I would have probably been induced as well. So I think that was also, you know, so amazing that it was like really like at just, the finishing line. <laughs> yeah, at the finishing yeah. line. You know, what are the odds? And that was my biggest stress that I couldn't accept and I couldn't really, you know, come to terms with it uh, in, during my pregnancy. So the universe gave me this challenge and, I, you know, everything worked out. So I kind of, what I took with me was everything, trust, everything always works out perfectly as it's supposed to be. As it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was so amazed uh, about the timing of everything. I love that. So yeah. bring us back to the day when birth started. Yeah, so as I said, I went uh, two weeks past my due date. I was really heavy and the thing was also that it was, yeah, it was in the middle of the summer. summer. This was the beginning of July uh, and I've I had done so much. Like during my pregnancy, you know, I did the evening primrose oil, I think it's called in English. Uh, I did, you know, all these things that, you know, help you to kind of, and, and I also did... Um, when I've gone, when I'd gone over, to, over my due date for a week, I did, um, acupuncture, uh, at, at a woman who, who's just wonderful, Helena, uh, Moss, I think maybe, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah it was, my wife colleague on mine, she's, she's wonderful. <laughs> she's wonderful. So I did the acupuncture and I did all these things to kind of, you know, and I did all the walking in the stairs and, you know, the sex and every, everything to kind of try to <laughs> get myself, uh, to go into labor and then nothing worked. But then on that Friday, the second, uh, I started to feel something. And I talked to Helena and also to my midwife uh, and also to my doula uh, about, you know, so if my contractions come to kind of ensure and make sure that I, I go into active labor that day, uh, I, I was going to take the, um, the kind of the birth cocktail, it's called. And I think you know what, what it's for. Or it's, it's a cocktail that you drink with the... Um, it, I think it's a bit of castor oil and then it's like apricot uh, juice, jam, jam or, or puree yeah. or mm -hmm. something and then some uh, something else as well. Uh, and you drink this when you start the kind of the early contractions. Uh, so that's what I did. And what it does or what it can do is that it will disturb, <laughs> disturb the tummy and make you go to the toilet. Yeah. And when your tummy becomes a little bit rattled, <laughs> yeah. that might trigger the uterus to contract more. Yeah. Um, and this was actually something that I, in one of the kind of YouTube videos that I've watched about a positive birth story, that one of the, the the moms, she did this and it worked for her. So so I felt kind of confident and, you know, people recommend. So I, I took the the birth cocktail or whatever uh, at around, well, I don't remember, maybe it was, I started to have like some light contractions at around maybe four o'clock and I took it at in the evening, like seven or eight o'clock or something. Uh, and a few hours later, I felt like, okay, it's starting to work now. Uh, the contractions were, you know, getting more and more intense. And I remember feeling so excited uh, because, you know, in the beginning when it's not that bad, you're kind of like, woohoo, like, yeah, it was a little bit euphoric. Yeah, euphoric. And I was so happy that it was finally, because I was so, you know, on a subconscious level, even though I, I was 
You must have felt so relieved. Yeah, I felt so relieved, you know, that, you know, maybe it's going to be a home birth after all. Even though I had accepted that, you know, whatever happens, happens. I felt so happy that, you know, yeah, there's a good chance that I'm going to be able to do it the way I envisioned. Um, So contractions started and then... Uh, I remember we were my my um, my partner is a real football fan, and I think this was like, yeah, there were some games going on. So we were watching some football, and I felt like after a while, I, like with the contractions, I was like, oh, this is so annoying. I don't want to watch football. So we watched uh, change to a show, and we tried to watch it. And you know, as they got more and more intense, I felt like, oh, I can't watch anything right now. Um, so we turned the TV off and we had a playlist that we prepared uh, and like some nice mellow meditation music kind of to set the mood. So we just sat there and, and listened to it and I tried to sit on my yoga ball and and I had uh, I to- and I had contact with my both my doula and my midwife and I told them you know that I think it's gonna happen now. Um, yeah, so it was just me and my partner for quite some time actually um the whole evening and it was so it was so nice it was so nice to be home it was so nice not to have to you know kind of get dressed or you know get even though you know you're supposed to like prepare your like your hospital bag and I I had done that of course because in case it was so nice to not have to think about any of that mm-hmm. I was just sitting at home in my living room you know kind of changing positions breathing because that's also something that I prepared myself a lot with, you know, hypnobirthing and, and breathing techniques and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, and the, the contractions, as they started to get more and more intense, uh, my boyfriend kind of took over, you know, the contact with the birth um, or my midwife and my doula. Uh, and I think at, you know, 12 o'clock midnight, I think I was like, okay, shit, this is really bad now. <laughs> I'm in pain. Um and that's when I think my boyfriend called the doula, Cornelia. And uh, she came, uh, at, I think it was around one she came. And I remember being so relieved when she came because she's so, you know, calm and, you know, she's just like, you know, she comes in and she's like this confident, calm, positive vibe. Uh, and even though, you know, I think my, my partner was, you know, my the most important person for me in the room but you know it was so nice to have somebody who's kind of you know familiar with the female body and and you know all the the tools that Adula has you know pressure points and helping me with the massage and I you know held some combs in my hands and stuff like that it was so comforting to have her uh, there so I was really happy and it was exactly what I wanted because I didn't want you know I just wanted to you know relax and be in my own space uh, and then a few hours later, I think around three o'clock, uh, my midwife, uh, Elisa, came. Um, yeah, and by that time, you know, <laughs> I was in pain. Um, and how did you cope? Well, I did prepare myself with the breathing exercises. And something that I found really helpful was, you know, kind of visualizing or thinking that with every with every contraction, I think it was you know, you're going to do four breaths. So I was counting and I was really determined on, you know, the number four. 
And actually it helped me a lot because when the contraction came, I don't remember if it was exactly. It's so funny, you prepare for this for months and as soon as it's over, you forget everything. So you, do you mean that you, when you did the breathing, you counted to yeah, I counted four to when four. you did the in-breath and four when you did the out-breath? Yeah, or something like yeah, that. Okay. And, uh, and the counting kind of helped me to, to manage to because focus. I knew that this pain that I'm experiencing now during the contraction is not going to last forever and I'm going to have a break soon uh, and I'm going to be able to kind of gather my strength and then, you know, get ready for the next one. Uh, but the funny thing is also with birth is that You know, when you think it can't get any worse, it kind of gets worse. But because you don't know, uh, you manage. Uh, <laughs> you don't so, have a choice. Yeah, you don't have a choice. And <laughs> well, you do actually. You do have a choice to freak out and just fall apart, but it's not helpful. Yeah, it's not helpful. And and that's also something that in my preparations that I, you know, I read so much about like the mental aspects. Because I think also this is a like a hospital thing, but... But, um, you know, in the hospitals, there's so much focus on the physical, your body and the, you know, they track your heart rate and everything. Uh, but they don't really focus on the, the psychological, like the mental aspects. And those are actually, I think, the most important because being calm and collected and positive and, and trusting your instincts and trusting your body. I think that's, you know, those are the most important things actually during birth. Yeah, because I, yeah, I I I, to, I totally agree, and I usually yeah. say that a third of the pain is the physiological pain yeah. that we can't really do anything about, but the other two thirds are how we what emotions the pain creates and how we react to the emotions, and we can affect how we react to um, those two parts. So yeah, definitely, and also knowing that you know I I found so much comfort in knowing that. You know, my body is designed to do this. And if I only, you know, relax, even though it's a very, you know, it's it's not a stress, it, it doesn't have to be a stressful situation, but it's, you know, it's obviously like, it's a difficult situation because you're in pain. But if you only, you know, see through the pain and, and kind of listen to your body and feel confident that, you know, everything's going to work out and that your body was made for this. I, I felt, I found so much strength in, in kind mm. of, in knowing And I think that was something that when I listened to your episode with uh, with Karin as well, who who had a really positive water birth, that she said something like that as well, like the the female body is so amazing, and and it really is like you during labor you really realize how you know what strength. Was there uh, any time a moment where you panicked or freaked out? Definitely, because then you know when my midwife came, she suggest, uh, suggested that uh, I get into the tub. Uh, because she was like, oh, you know, now you're kind of dilated and it should be a good time. And I did that and then I was in the tub and um, there was a time, you know, shortly after that she kind of did an, a little exam and she was like, oh, perfect. Now you're uh, almost fully dilated. And in my, you know, head, when she said that, I was like, okay, I'm done. A few more, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this a few more times, a few more breaths and the baby's going to be here. Mm. And I did one breath, I did two, I did five, I did ten. And still nothing. And that was kind of not what I had expected. So that was one time when I, I remember kind of reaching with my hand. I was sitting in the tub and and I thought like, okay, well, surely I must at least feel ahead, you know, because she's on her way. And I didn't feel anything. And I was so discouraged. <laughs> it was so depressing to oh, kind of reach down and feel and I didn't feel anything. 
Because you thought that as soon as you're fully dilated, it's time to push. Or? That's kind yeah. of what I, I don't know why, yeah. you know, and uh, looking back, I also, you know, with the course and all the preparations, I knew that that's not the case. But somehow, you know, when she told me like, okay, now you're, I was like, okay, perfect. Let's do this thing. Mm. And then, you know, when it took a few more hours, it, it was kind of tough. Mm. And I got tired. And um, yeah, but, you know, and I did, I think I kind of, you know, to my, because it was my doula and my midwife and my boyfriend in the bathroom with me. And I think I was like kind of not complaining, but I was like, oh, I'm so hurts and I'm so tired and stuff like that. But inside... I was like, okay, you can say that those things, Essie, but I know I'm going to do it. Like, I kept this mantra, like, I know I'm going to get through it. I know I'm going to get through it. So maybe that was good for you to let out some steam. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because, you know, on the inside, I was like, okay, okay complain all you want, but I know I'm going to do it. Like, there is no, now, you know, it's... So your yeah. determination Definitely, yeah. Play. Yeah, also because I felt like, you know, now it's gone this far, like... I I don't have like doing something different now. I don't you know it's not it's not an option. So yeah, but that was I think the only time like at the quite the very end mm. where I felt like okay now it's it's a bit too much. Um, but yeah, but then then she kind of uh, you know shortly after she kind of uh, I kind of and it's so cool when you're sitting in the tub and you're um, unmedicalized. I think you also, you you have, well, I, I wouldn't know because I've never been given birth medicalized, so I, I wouldn't know. But but what I imagine is that you kind of feel your body more. So, you know, all these things that you see in movies where you see women kind of push and the midwife is like, come on now, push, and you can do, like, there is no need for that. Because as soon as it was time to push, my body did it for me. So I never had to kind of you know, make an effort to actively push because my muscles in my uterus, they were doing it. And all I had to do was kind of to accept and and let my body do what it was doing and breathe uh, through the whole thing. So that was, yeah, it was so cool. It was so different from, you know, what you're seeing in, yeah, when you grow up with with all the movies and and all, all that kind of stuff. In what way would you say it's different? Well, yeah, the, mostly I think, you know, that, that you don't, you like, you don't have to lie on your back with like 10 people in the room yelling at you. Uh, and it doesn't have to be like bloody and stressful and, you know, screams and, and stuff like that. And it, it, this was like, I was in the, uh, in the tub, uh, my boyfriend on my right side and my doula on my, uh, on my midwife on my uh, left side. And when it was time to push, my body did it automatically. I felt like the muscles contract and kind of push down the baby. It's it's so cool when you kind of... And I, I think, you know, also you having three kids, Osa, like, I think maybe you're better even at describing, like, the feeling. But it's it's so cool when, when it just... I don't like, think it, so, because it's so individual also. Yeah. But it is, uh, if you're unmedicated, usually. But that can happen if you're medicated, too. But the body takes over. Yeah, the body definitely Absolutely. takes over. Um, that can be really scary. Yeah, but because I, it is such a force. <laughs> yeah, it's such a force, and it's like you've never ex- something like that you've never experienced, and also you know, yeah, it, it just yeah, it's so surreal. Uh, but I also from like all the preparations, I knew like okay, when I'm in this phase, you know, and the the baby knows what he's doing. The baby knows how she 
you know, what she has to do now. She's she's on a mission. She's coming out. Mm. And so, it also becomes very clear yeah. to, to you as a woman what yeah. to do when you have that exactly. strong sensation in the exactly. body. Exactly. So even though I, I, I felt like the pain was more intense, I, I felt happy because I felt like, okay, finally, now it's go time. Now mm. it's going to happen. And that gives you like this weird, like inner strength um, to keep pushing or, or to keep going. Uh, but yeah, I remember kind of the body taking over and, and all I did was, I didn't actively push, but I, I kind of, I was breathing and allowing, you know, my, my muscles to kind of push down for me. Um, and then that phase, I think, was actually quite, quite short. I think it was like an hour or something. Mm. Did you experience, because what happens when we enter the pushing phase is that the body changes from one nervous system to another. So while the body is working with dilation, the body is in what's called the parasympathetic nervous system, the peace and quiet system. And when the body goes into the pushing phase, the body by itself shifts into this other nervous system that's called the sympathetic nervous system, which is the flight and run system. When the body starts to release really high amounts of stress hormones, adrenaline and noradrenaline, those hormones give you that superpower yeah. <laughs> and that focus. Did you feel the shift right before? Sometimes it's called transition, where yeah. you kind of feel the lack of energy. Like, ah, oh, how am I going to be able to do this? Did, yeah, you, did you experience that shift? Yeah, now that you say it, because I think uh, I was sitting in the, the tub or, you know, preparing... Uh, and then sitting in a tub, and then, you know, b- when that shift happened, uh, I kind of felt like, okay, now it's go time. I had that that strength, you know, and that, I, I kind of, you know, I don't know, some kind of strange power from within, but then also, like, this super tiredness after a while, like, because, you know, it was so much more intense. It's so physical. Yeah, mm. definitely, really physical, and... Yeah, it's funny also how, you know, my whole being, I think, changed. Like the noises that you make kind of, you know, they, and I think that was something that many of the, the women in them, you know, when I listened to the podcast and the YouTube videos, they said that, you know, when they went into the pushing phase, it was like it was they were making noises that they've never made before. And that was definitely something that I can't even recreate I know, it's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible, but it's... It just surprises you. Yeah, and... <laughs> Who's this? Who, exactly. Who's making this weird noise? But about? it's like, and that's what I mean with like allowing the body to take over. So, because, you know, in my preparation, actually what I did was first and foremost to accept that this is, you know, this is going to happen. I'm going to give birth and my body is made for this. So, So I just, I wanted to kind of let my natural instincts and, you know, my body lead and then, you know, of course, I have to be informed and I have to be, you know, able to kind of, you know, know what's going on and, and to be able to make decisions or let my boyfriend make decisions for me if it's needed. But, but you know, I just, I really wanted to trust. Uh, and I think that's something that I actually could do in the moment. Uh, and because I was home and it was relaxing and it was like a really positive environment. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, but definitely I did feel the shift that it was like a, yeah, it was a different, a different uh, phase. Yeah. And a different person mm. kind of. Yeah. Cool. So did you then uh, try to feel her head again? Yeah, I did that you actually did. a yeah. few times. Yeah. 
And it was so funny because every time when I didn't feel her head, I would like, oh, I can't feel her head. Like, why can't I feel her head? And, and <laughs> you know, after a while, my boyfriend tried to kind of calmly and he was, I, I really like also noticed him trying to kind of, you know, think about the right words to say. He didn't want to like offend me in the moment, but he was like, okay, really good that you're doing a great job, but maybe you should stop feeling <laughs> for a while just, to, <laughs> you know, maybe so you don't get so upset and, you know. And I knew when he said it, I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, you know... He tried to tell you not to be so impatient. <laughs> yeah, but but still, you know, I was in the moment. So I, I think I, I continued. But then after a while, I did actually feel her head. And when I did feel her head, it was like, you know, I had like a power boost. You know, when you're playing video games and you have like... You get like extra lives or whatever. That's kind of what it felt like. I was like, okay, now. Now we're close. Um, and when I felt her head... I think after that it was it was just so everything went so fast. Um yeah, my midwife and she during this time when I was in the sub as well, she was sitting there just quiet. She didn't even, you know, do much and I think that would be very surpri- if if you're not familiar with home births and you just come and and observe, you would be super surprised that the midwife takes kind of a passive role and and that they don't do much. But that's kind of the beauty of it because they come there as the calm and collected professional who's there to guide you and help you uh, if you need it. But they're like, f- their job is to, to let you be in your power uh, and to give birth on your terms. And that's definitely what I did. So she would do a few um, you know, exams just to see that everything was okay. She was listening to the, the heartbeat. And that was also really you know, soothing for me to hear that everything was okay with the baby and yeah, and then when we felt the head, she started to kind of prepare my boyfriend. Okay, now the head is, you know, calming and in a few moments probably like you're going to be able to pick her up and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, when I felt the head, I felt like, okay, now, now it's time. Um, so I I know I, I had kind of, I think a lot of um, people describe like this ring of fire and like the really intense pain at the very end. Uh, and I, I think, sure, it was really painful, but because I was so happy and determined to finally meet my daughter, I, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even kind of, that pain at the very, very end, it was bad, but it was, I didn't even register, really, because I was so, you know, excited um, about meeting her. Um, yeah, and then my boyfriend, um, when she came, the midwife was there, and my boyfriend picked her up, and... Uh, uh, and he took her in his in his arms and picked her up from the water. And it was, you know, to be at home in your own bathroom with your own towels, with your own smells. And then to see your child for the first time in that setting. And she came out and she was completely quiet. And she was just looking at us with her big eyes. You know, because newborns, they have those alien eyes. <laughs> They're, you know, and she was just like looking around. It was almost like she was like okay where am I now like she was taking in the whole room and it was so surreal and then after a while you know you could hear her kind of start to cry a little bit um yeah and and my midwife you know checked everything was good and everything looks good and I was so relieved and it was such a nice moment we were sitting in the tub and then a few moments later um I walked out to our living room did you carry her then? Yeah, or? I carried her. So your boyfriend 
helped her out yeah up from the water and then yeah. placed her on your chest or yeah your so tummy. i got her on my chest yeah. at once um and there are some pictures my doula took some pictures and it's just you know it's so emotional to see them but you also see like how tired i was when i had her is i have this like blank stare i'm just staring uh, at nothing because it's a physical thing but then you know i got up from the top and we walked to the the living room and they prepared with you know so that i could sit on the couch and wait for the placenta to to come out uh, and for some women i've heard that you know it's like a second labor like a childbirth is hurt so bad but for me it was you know really yeah it was nothing i didn't really feel it and i was just sitting on the couch and it came out and we waited i think almost an hour uh, for the cord to be completely uh, white mm-hmm. And I had her on my chest and, you know, this whole golden hour um, that you read about. And it was, yeah, it was perfect. And my, my boyfriend was by my side and, and my doula, she was so tired, poor thing. She was sitting in, uh, in a chair in our living room, kind of sleeping a little bit. And my midwife was in the kitchen writing her journal. And it was, yeah, it was so wonderful to be at home and, and to kind of have that calm and, and, you know, just relaxing environment. And it was, this was at six o'clock or 5.51 in the morning she was born. So at six o'clock, really early in the morning. And I think like that time of day as well, when, you know, you look outside and there's not a single person out. And, and in the summer as well, it was, you hear, heard the birds and we live kind of outside. We have a lot of forest and stuff like that. It was just so wonderful. The best time of the day, I think. Yeah. And, and it it's was... only nature that's starting to wake up yeah exactly <laughs> and most people are still sleeping yeah, yeah. and i felt like that was beautiful also beautiful time to have a baby <laughs> yeah and kind of i felt like the baby kind of knew that she you know i i and i felt such a connection with her like very early on in my pregnancy as well and i kind of felt like um because i did some meditations and i did actually i don't remember what week it was maybe week 20 you know 30 or something i did um a ceremony a drum ceremony i, I attended um a Um, a ceremony where they were doing kind of these drum things and a meditation and in that during that meditation I kind of maybe it sounds weird you know if you're not if you don't meditate a lot or if you haven't had the experience yourself but I really you know I had a connection with her Mm -hmm. so I met her uh, on some level and you know she told me like relax everything's gonna be fine I'm gonna do this my way and And when I was lying there on my couch at six o'clock in the morning, I kind of felt like, yeah, this was definitely your way because you wanted it to be relaxed. You wanted it to be quiet, peaceful. Um, Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was so cool. The whole experience. Did you recognize her when she came out then? Did you like, oh, it's you? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because the thing was, I think the first thing that I saw was that she was a copy of her father. Like it just... So they, they, I, you know, it was the first thing that I said as well. Like I've given birth to you. I said to my, <laughs> to my boyfriend, because I, and you know, a baby doesn't like that small baby. I don't think they don't even look like you know when they're they kind of they're just so funny looking in the very very beginning. But that was kind of the first thing that I saw mm-hmm. that she was so. So um, you recognized her? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, and it was this yeah awesome instant. Uh, connection Uh, and I think that golden hour you know to be able to bond and to start to breastfeed and stuff like that and uh, it was yeah it was so wonderful and they weighed her 
you know, I was sitting on the couch and they weighed her right there and, and measured her and, you know, wrote everything in the journal and I, I didn't even have to get up. Mm. But yeah, it was so peaceful afterwards. And it's funny how kind of, you know, you've done this like super painful physical thing. And as soon as it's done, you kind of start to forget, um, you know, the whole experience. And and I felt so energized and I felt like so happy. And I think, you know, after, you know, even like the few, I think the day after I actually, I was I was still high on adrenaline. So I, I wanted to go for a walk. <laughs> so I went for a walk the day after and it was not a long walk, but, you know, I was like, Oh, and with I, her? Yeah, with, with her. her. Like, oh, I need to go out, outside and, you know, and experience nature and, and stuff like that. And so I did that. But then my midwife was like, oh, okay, maybe you should relax and, you know, just, you know, take it easy for a while. Um, because then, you know, a few days after that, I kind of, you know, Got started to... <laughs> yeah, and started to feel my body a bit more. Because the adrenaline in the very beginning, the first days, yeah. you know, it made really me... high. Yeah, yeah. it kind of, I didn't feel... I just felt like on top of the world. And then usually around day three, that's when we get the baby blues and the great yeah. hormonal change. Yeah, definitely. And I felt in my body as well, I could mm. feel that I was more tired mm. and I could feel kind of, you know, the whole area, like I was a bit sore because mm. the days after or the day after I didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, you know, but that was, yeah, definitely the adrenaline. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Was there anything during the process that surprised you? Um, that you hadn't planned for or that you... Oh. Well, <laughs> maybe I sound like a control freak now, but I did, you know, I really planned for everything. I planned for, you know, home birth. I planned for, you know, okay, if I have to go to the hospital, I'm going to do it this way. Uh, if my midwife doesn't come in time, I'm going to do it. I was like, you know, and I... I've heard all these positive stories. So I, I kind of felt very, very prepared. But what I, what I think I could not prepare for was the experience itself. Uh, because I did think, I didn't think, it, like the pain is very hard to imagine if you've never experienced it beforehand. Um, and then also like the whole, the shift that you were talking about, you know, when you go from, you know, one type of contractions to kind of the pushing, uh, it's really cool. And then, you know, your body taking over. That feeling when you're, you you feel your uterus and you feel your muscles like actively pushing out your baby for you and you're not doing... Mm. It's not something that you do with your brain. It's something that you do with your body. Um, and I think that was, you know, because somewhere, you know, on a theoretical level, I, I knew that that might be the case. But when you feel it, it's so different. Yeah. It's so much more powerful, I think, than you can ever imagine. Yeah, so much more powerful. And it's Definitely. also, it's not, when we talk about pain from, it's not only pain, like physical pain, it's, you know, it's spiritual, it's mental, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's such a big, it's so intense on so many levels. It's not just a pain. It's actually yeah. us bringing a new human being into the world. Yeah, and that's... It's big. It's you know, so It doesn't big. get any bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of, you know, also what I felt when she came out and my boyfriend was holding her and she was looking around. Uh, it kind of hit me like, oh my goodness, like I've given birth to a person. Like she's here now. Like she came from somewhere and now she's here. And mm -hmm. she, you know, and she's so small and she's, you know... Yeah, and because I think, I don't know if like other first-time moms can relate, but, you know, you, you prepare yourself for, 
you know, the birth and everything. But when your baby actually comes, that's when you kind of start to, okay, this is what we're talking about. Like, this is, this is what it really is. It's so hard to kind of, you know, prepare for that bond or prepare for that responsibility and, you know, all of that stuff that comes after um, giving birth. I have joined Patreon as a way to finance making more episodes. This has been a pro bono project for me, and still is, for a long time. But now I need to ask for your help. I would be thrilled if you would support me as a patron in this mission of mine to let positive stories about birth come to life. I believe that we together can change the narrative around birth. Statistics show that most patrons are men. That would also be awesome to change. A podcast with women, for women, supported by women. So go to Patreon and look for the podcast. So that was also something that, you know, and in my preparations, I was so focused on pregnancy and birth that I kind of forgot about the fourth trimester. And I think that's very common. I think we, you know, don't always, because childbirth is like, you know, it's such a big event that, you know, that's the focus. You just want to get through it. But actually for me, I wish I would have done a bit more, you know, preparations and well, not research, but you know, I sound like, <laughs> like, like a total, like a nerd, but I wish I would have kind of prepared myself a bit more for the fourth trimester and life with a newborn. I wish all women would and all, yeah. all couples, because we spend so much time, just like you describe, on preparation for birth. Yeah. And it's super important to prepare for birth. Definitely. Uh, but it is a couple of hours of our lives. Exactly. And as I said, like, I think that what you need to know is that you got this, your body knows what it's doing, you know, relax, breathe, uh, let your endorphins flow, let your, you know stay do whatever you have to do to stay stress-free and you know things are gonna you know work out fine um, hopefully Um, and that's what you need to know about childbirth but what you need to know about life with a newborn is you know it's so much more uh, actually that you need to you know, you know, obviously they, and they say also that you new, newborn, like new moms, they have this like maternal instincts. And I was kind of counting on that, you know, my instincts would kick in and, you know, I'd know exactly what to do, but you don't because you also have people around you and everybody's, you know, as they've done since the first day they found out you were pregnant, they're handing you advice that you not, don't really want. And people are saying different things and, oh, she should have more clothes on. Oh, she should have less clothes on. Like all these things, like, so that's something that I, I wish that I would have done more. And also when it comes to breastfeeding, uh, for me, I kind of thought like, oh, yeah, well, that's just, you know, it's just going to work out. Like it's something that the baby knows how to do, but it's it's a bit more complicated. Yeah, I wish that um, all of you that are listening to the podcast, if you're expecting a baby, do prepare a little bit for the fourth trimester too. Yeah. And if you're planning on breastfeeding, get knowledge about breastfeeding because we know that from experience and also studies show that if you have knowledge about breastfeeding prior to the baby being born, it's much more likely that you have a positive start on breastfeeding. Definitely. So, but I think it's almost impossible. I worked so many years with preparation. It's almost impossible for most women <laughs> to yeah. to go beyond birth. Yeah, and, because you're so focused. Yeah, and especially if you're focused in the sense that you were focused. Yeah, 
like you sound like you were so focused definitely on all levels yeah yeah it was like the only thing i was and yeah, especially at the end it was almost, the only thing i yeah. think it's almost impossible because it's like there it's the birth and then it's a blank and you think yeah. everything is gonna uh, run by itself afterwards the maternal instincts and everything and i'm not sure what maternal instincts are always yeah. <laughs> you know it's this new person yeah uh, you don't know this new person and this yeah. new person doesn't know you it takes time to get to know each other yeah, definitely uh, and everything and also yourself in the new role yeah so that's why it's so much easier the second time so you can yeah definitely i can look imagine. forward to that the second time and the third time when you're already a parent when you already uh, have experienced that immense responsibility that it is to become a parent and yeah. take care of this little person that you know this person is going to die without me yeah. that kind of responsibility you already know that the next time Yeah. So it's going to be that part is going to be easier. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, uh, yeah, definitely because that's something that I really kind of felt in the early days and weeks uh, was that I was not prepared on, you know. Did you feel lonely? Yes, actually, I I, I remember feeling, and you know, now my baby is four months, and and still uh, partly I feel a bit lonely because. I don't have any family uh, who lives here uh, near me, so I don't, I, I don't kind of have that support system. You know, I have uh, my boyfriend's wonderful family, and I have friends and stuff like that. But we kind of live, uh, you know, a bit far away from everyone as well. So I spend a lot of time just me and my baby, um, and so yeah, definitely sometimes I feel a bit overwhelmed uh, and lonely, and especially in the beginning with the breastfeeding, I. I really wanted to breastfeed exclusively. And then, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but I had some events um, early on that kind of gave me some bumps in the road. Uh, and I didn't prepare for that. I didn't really have any knowledge about breastfeeding. Uh, and it was hard to come back from those things that, you know, hindered me from mm. from breastfeeding because, you know, I didn't really have a plan. I didn't really know what, what to expect and and what to do. And I was so stressed out also because, you know, You know, you paint up a picture like you want to do something and when it doesn't really work out, sometimes you just have to accept and, and move on. And that's something that I, I think I did with birth. I was like, you know, in a really good head, headspace, prepared for anything, accepting, uh, trusting and, and, you know, believing that everything happens for a reason. But when it came to breastfeeding, I really couldn't accept, you know, that, you know, it might be different. It might be a different scenario. So that kind of gave me some... But don't you think it was because you hadn't prepared for it? Exactly. So I think the preparation is the key thing to, to accept yeah. that we run into complications when we breastfeed. It's yeah, pretty common. Definitely. And it's also a collaboration with you and the baby. Yeah. But as a woman, we usually yeah. feel like, oh my God, I'm not a fit mother. <laughs> yeah. I can't breastfeed my baby like yeah. I have anticipated. But it's a collaboration and it's, it's a learning process. It's a definitely. technique learning that sometimes takes a couple of weeks. Definitely, Yeah. Yeah, and and kind of maybe what I wish I would have done was to prepare myself for that. Most likely there are going to be some bumps in the road and it's not the end of the world. Mm. Uh, yeah, but, you know, so I didn't really do. And the funny thing was that when I was pregnant, uh, I told my boyfriend, I was like, you know, maybe I should do this um, uh, breastfeeding course. Like, should I sign up? And he was like, okay, now you... Because I was so focused. I was talking about this mm. stuff every day. Mm. And he was like, okay, well, now you just need to take a breath and you need to relax. But my instinct on the inside, my that's, that maybe was a maternal instinct, was telling me, like, you need this course. You need mm. to do it. But then, you know, when he, he said that, I was like, well, maybe you're right. And, you know, 
Of course he would say that. I would have probably given myself that advice as well. Because, you know, somebody from the outside, well, can't possibly know what I'm feeling. But if I would have trusted my instinct, I would have done the course. And I'm sure I would have had a different outcome. Uh, because like you said, I think you would have key. been more humble towards the process. And yeah, the and I would have asked for was, help yeah, at once. Yeah. I would have, you know, not mm. tried to struggle on my, you know, by mm. myself because, you know, I had, you know, all these issues with, you know, with all of that. Um, and it was painful and it was difficult. And I pushed through because I just wanted it to work so bad. And, mm. and I would have just, you know, had a different approach, mm. maybe had I done the preparations. Mm. So that's definitely when I look back, uh, if I would have done something differently, it would have been to prepare for the fourth uh, trimester, kind of first time with your baby or the first weeks and months. And then also, um, you know, the breastfeeding thing. And I do still, um, I don't exclusively breastfeed, but I do still breastfeed. So I'm happy about that because for me, that's important. Mm -hmm. I know it's not for everyone and that's fine. Uh, so I haven't like given up um on it completely but it didn't work out as I planned and it's okay next time you know if I'm blessed enough to ever have a second child you know I'm sure it's gonna be uh, different or you know I'm sure it's gonna be work out as it was supposed to be mm. uh, yeah but I have a, at least I have a, a lot more knowledge uh, but the good thing also I think with sometimes things not working out as planned is that it really motivates you to find out for yourself, to learn and, you know, gather information. So now I kind of feel like I'm a breastfeeding expert. Mm. Like if any of my girlfriends come mm. to me when they're, you know, in their beginning of, you know, a, a new journey with a child, like I think I'm going to be able to give them such good advice because, you know, I've read everything mm. um, now. So that's the upside uh, of it. So if there was one advice or wisdom you'd like to pass forward to the women listening, what would that be? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I have... Um, okay, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm, instead of one advice, I'm going to give you two. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Because I can't, just, I can't pick one. Uh, but definitely do your homework. Um, I think many women, uh, we have an instinct to kind of know like learn and read um and and kind of you know gather knowledge or whatever so so you know do the reading do the preparations um kind of having this information on the body and how it works and the physiological aspects and you know what muscles are working and when and what you can do to you know uh ensure you have good levels of um dopamine or like this you know oxytocin and this good you know hormones all of that stuff you know just try to kind of you know learn as much as you can because when the day comes you know it and anything that happens during that uh day or that those days or, or when you're giving birth you'll know that this is normal this is natural my body is meant to you you have you have this like self-esteem that comes from knowing what's going on. Um, and, you know, knowing it for yourself. Sure, you can always trust a professional, but it's it's so different knowing something for yourself. Uh, and then you can, you know, you can ask professional for professionals for advice. You can ask your midwife for advice, but it's you making the decisions because it's your body and it's your birth. So that's kind of the first thing to... to read and to gather knowledge and the second thing 
is to really trust. Trust the process, trust your body, trust your baby. Because also your baby is, you know, sometimes we're so focused on the woman and, and on, on, you know, giving birth and the body, but we, we forget the baby. But the baby has been preparing to come out of your womb for nine months. It's programmed. Like, you know, just like, like the, the acorn is programmed to become, you know, a magnificent, huge oak tree one day. So is your baby. It's programmed. He or she is programmed to come out of you, <laughs> to kind of, you know, meet the world. Uh, and they know. And, and, and I think, you know, when I did whole, that whole drum thing and I did my meditations and I connected with my child, she kind of reassured me. Uh, because, you know, I was a bit stressed out and, you know, what if, you know, I go over time and what if, you know, and also in, in the beginning she was breech uh, and I was stressed, you know, what if she doesn't turn in time and blah. And, you know, and she told me during those moments, like, of course, it was not a literal uh, conversation, but she told me, it's fine. I know what I'm doing, like trust. Um, and I, I realized that, you know, it, it sounds a bit weird saying it out like this, but that's really how it was. Um, so yeah, trust. To me, it doesn't sound weird. No, <laughs> the whole process is so earthy and yeah. so spiritual. It if really you allow is. it to be, yeah, that. it really is. So yeah, yeah, and it's a human being that's growing inside of you. Um, I actually yeah. just read research that um, the stem cells from the babies that we grow inside mm. are lingering in our system for many, many years. No one knows how many years, but we still have the baby stem cells yeah. in our system after the baby's born. Isn't that yeah. beautiful? Yeah. So they live, they leave little marks inside of us that yeah. we carry with us. Yeah. So has this experience changed how you look upon yourself? Definitely. Um, I have a, a strength that I didn't know uh, I had. Um, I've learned so much, you know, from everything from, you know, how the female body works to, you know, taking care of a baby, but also, you know, myself, like what I'm capable of and, and my mental, you know, I was a bit worried, like, how am I going to react? Because I was blessed with a, the happiest baby. She's so happy and she smiles a lot, but she did, she doesn't sleep uh, a lot. Um, like many parents, so I'm, I'm a bit sleep deprived. And that was kind of one of my fears, like, oh, how am I going to be when I don't sleep? Uh, and, you know, and I've realized, like, um, this whole experience, like, wow, you know, the the female body, it really is, I think that was exactly what Karin also said in that uh, episode that I listened to, that it's so amazing that we kind of adjust. And then also, you know, when you have this acceptance that everything is exactly as it should be. My baby is a baby and this is normal. Uh, they that's what they do. They sleep a little and then they wake up and they're hungry and, you know, that's what their life is all about. And with all that acceptance, you know, I found like, wow, the patience that I have um, for this little human being, it's amazing. It, you can't prepare for it, I think. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm really amazed, you know, of, you know, how, my, how I've changed. Um, not just in like the physical sense, but also in uh, um, my mental you know, aspects and spiritual being. Sounds like you become more kind of a go-with-the-flow person. Yeah, definitely. So because you've been talking so much about planning and like yeah. visualizing your birth in every detail and now yeah. it's more like you can allow your life to unfold. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny how, because those are kind of, now that you're saying it, it, it it's a bit like two extremes actually. 
uh, a, a super planning, you know, <laughs> control freak that wants to know everything. And then a person who's totally, you know, uh, open for everything and accepting and, and who lets go. But those two people, they can kind of coexist. Oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, and, and they do inside me. And I think that's so cool, uh, really. So, yeah. Sounds like they balance each other. Yeah, in definitely. In a beautiful way. Yeah, definitely. Essie, thank you so much for sharing this fantastic story with us today thank on the podcast. You. Thank you. It was such a, an honor to be to be a part of the podcast and to be able to to tell my story. I hope uh, maybe somebody who's out there preparing or or whatever um, can find you know some reassurance and um, just you know some tips on how it can all be. I'm absolutely sure about that. Yeah, perfect. Your story has now got an <laughs> eternal life and will be passed forward to the other women listening. Yeah, that's so cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, midwife Oasa Holstein. And dearest Essie, it's been absolutely wonderful to hang out with you and to be trusted with your birth story and your thoughts about the fourth trimester. And I really want to urge you that listen to the podcast to also put down some time and preparation for that part. The transition into motherhood can be made easier by having prepared for that too, so that you have realistic expectations on yourself and on your baby. That will make it more easy if things do not go as you have envisioned them and help you to still be okay with that. And do rally up your support system so that you know that you can get help if you need it. If you haven't joined me on Patreon yet, I humbly ask you to do so. Your contribution will allow for me to make more episodes about the power of birth. And if you have joined me, a big warm awesome thank you from the depths of my uterus. Your support means the world to me. Other ways to support me on the podcast is to rate us on whatever pod platform you're using and to spread the word about it by sharing it with friends, family and colleagues. Join me in this mission of mine and may the force be with you.